Ladies and gentlemen, today's guest is none other than the legendary Wayne Carl. He runs Demolition Fight Series, and they recently just had Demolition Fight Series 12. It was on the November 25th date at Club Italia in uh, Sunshine, Melbourne, Victoria. Uh, it's a pro-am show. There's a couple of professional fights, a couple of amateur fights. If you haven't seen the card or you don't know who's on the card, if you have no idea what a demolition fight show is, uh, I explain it like it's like the college basketball to the NBA that might be eternal and, and hex and whatnot, where they're all pro shows or, or mostly pro shows. And, and, and it's sort of like a really good feeder into it. And, and Wayne uh, goes in to talk about that about his vision of demolition and, and why he likes it like that. But um, look, he always has a couple of pro fights and stellar amateurs. Uh, we talk about title belts and amateurs. Are they necessary? Um, should you have them? Do they mean anything? Uh, we also talk about why Wayne Carl got into uh, promoting to begin with, uh, where Demolition Fight Series actually came from. Uh, it's a very, very unique chat. I've covered Demolition Fight Series before. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I believe hit up Fight TV uh, to find out more, and uh, and you can check it out. But Fight Series uh, 12, or hit them up on the socials. If you don't know the card or any of these fighters, uh, what I normally do when I listen to these podcasts, just Google the person's name. Like I said, or jump on the Demolition Fight Series, but Google the person's name and Tabology. You can at least see their record and, and who they've fought and, and whatnot. But we 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 dive into some uh, some nice topics into how he got started and some early stages of uh, MMA. He's also uh, even started uh, a lot of the Australian MMA media that I first became aware of before I even started this. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the man behind Demolition Fight Series, it's none other than Wayne Carl. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me on the show... Very special guest, the one and only Wayne Carl. Welcome. Thank you, mate. Good to finally be on your podcast. I would say the the original Australian MMA. Uh, from a very long time ago, but <laughs> mate, you're, that name is all yours. <laughs> now, uh, for everyone that doesn't know, uh, you run uh, one of the uh, one of the smoothest shows outside of Eternal and Hex. Demolition is is is. Just you know what you're going to get every single time. It's a family-run event, as the great Callum Potter says, and it has been an absolute breeding ground for talent. Uh, one of the, the biggest names right now, Harry Webb. Uh, it's 7-0 as an amateur, I believe. Now he's 3-0 as a pro. You're a man that does uh, – you have amateur titles. You give guys that are either, either debutons or, you know, first couple of fights in, you give them that professional feel, that professional sort of what they can expect heading into the scene – is that what you envisioned with starting Demolition? Yeah, it was always about being pro-am, like mainly amateur, uh, but making sure that at the top of the card we have two or three pro fights. It's been hard of late, uh, obviously, with a lot of pullouts, uh, but at Demolition 12, we're able to have a couple of pro fights and we'll continue that. Uh, but we've always started the card with debutons, uh, finished the amateur part with you know three or four titles, uh, and then tried to finish with pro. So that's pretty much our business plan. And uh, when starting it, what was the goal from the beginning? Like, did you did you watch other promotions? Did you train yourself? Were you a coach? Like, what made you get in, involved? I started in MMA, uh, obviously watching a lot of it. I used to box and kickbox a little bit. I was no good, uh, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, but I actually jumped on a page called MMA Freaks, and all of a sudden I was an admin overnight. Mm. 
uh, and got to meet a lot of crazy Americans. So mm -hmm. shout out to those guys. Uh, and then I've become friends with somebody named Wombat Jones that yep. actually purchased XFC uh, a few years ago. Uh, and I actually went up there and helped run back of house. That's where myself and Lisa cut our teeth in helping run a promotion. Our first promotion was actually XFC Demolition. Uh, so we're actually part of XFC. After that first uh, show, COVID hit, and myself and Lisa decided to branch out on our own, and that's where Demolition Fight Series started. So originally we were part of XFC. Wow. So Demolition has, has felt like a brand. I mean, I know it's only Demolition 12, I believe, but like it's felt like a brand that's been around for many years. But So you only started around the COVID times. 2019 uh, was our first show. And then just as we were about to do Demolition 2, COVID struck. Uh, so that wiped out a whole year. Uh, and then early 2021, we did Demolition 2 and, and Dan Andrews in Victoria uh, called a three-day snap lockdown. And we were the first promotion in Australia to do uh, a show without a crowd. So the government rang and said, look, Wayne, you can go ahead because I did have pros on the card. Uh, you can go ahead, but you have to refund every ticket. Uh, I actually didn't want to do that, but we needed to rebrand. And my wife looked at me. Uh, and if anyone knows my wife, they know she's the most loyal person uh, they'll ever meet. She looked at me and she said, I don't care about the money. We need to rebrand. And these fighters have flown in. Uh, it's really important that uh, we go ahead. So we actually did Demolition 2 with no crowd. So how much money did you lose? Uh, tens of thousands of dollars. Would you say looking back now in terms of the rebrand that it was worth it? 100%. Uh, the relationships I've created uh, from that and, and the man that's on your T-shirt hadn't mm. fought for two years. And I know Harry very well. One of the comments he said to me was, I reckon if shows had a keep, because he had, he'd had about, he actually didn't debut at Demolition, which a lot of, he had six, seven fights, sorry, six fights with us. Um, we actually debuted on another promotion a lot earlier. And I'd, I was actually in the crowd doing media, funnily enough, for Combat Insiders. Um, so that's pretty much where I met Harry. Uh, he signed a fight on our card. It got delayed so many times. And he, he actually said, he goes, if it kept retire if it kept happening, you know, could that be, you know, retirement and things like that? So uh, guys like him, there was a lot of other people on that card that are still fighting today. And you look back on it, Val Sharapov, Sem was on it as well. So that was Sem versus, uh, yeah, so that was Val versus Sem Kikembo was on that card as well. If you take yourself back to the the, the first Demolition show to now, yep. A, what did that show look like compared to now? And what was like one of the biggest lessons you learned? Uh, it was completely different. It felt like chaos. Now it just feels like controlled chaos. Um, it doesn't matter how many that you actually do. Like, obviously, I was involved with five or six XFC shows behind the scenes. So every show, there's surprises, and I go in with an open mind. Uh, what I've stopped doing is searching for perfection. Uh, you know, whether it be the walkout, whether it be the crowd, whether it be the fights, whether it be the camera work, you're never going to be perfect. So I've really stepped back and said, you know what, just enjoy it. Um, and what will be will be. What will, what will be will be. What's some of the biggest things that people wouldn't understand that, that do go wrong in, in fight shows? 
uh, music walkouts. I've had people stand on the stage and go, oh, well, that's not my walkout, and then walk off. So you've quickly got to find their walkout because uh, the walkout person, that that's actually happened a few times. Uh, just this show, uh, I don't know if you've watched it, but a couple of people forgot uh, their groin protectors. and had Yes, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, I did see yes. that. Yes, one of the titleists. I won't give it away. <laughs> Might have a brother that's about to debut, but <laughs> shout out to him if he's watching. Yeah, oh, mate, and I mean, you talk, you talked about the Titleist as well. It, what made and look, it, it's it's garnered some comments from the outside. I personally love it, but the amateur the titles. Oh, let's, let, let's. I do, I do, you, I do. You love to ask this question. It's fine. I, I do. What is your thoughts? Obviously, you're the man that does it, but in terms of the amateur titles, and and you have to admit there are a, a few fighters out there, which I think rightfully so in the amateur level. But amateur has almost become, oh, yeah, I can be a champion and act like a champion and get sponsors and all that sort of stuff. Do you like seeing that? Or did you always just want amateurs to like, no, 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 this is where you cut your teeth, make your mistakes before you get ready for pro? 100%. It's all about the evolution of amateur. So you start off. And my the way that I'd love for it to be is you have six amateur fights, maybe win one or two titles, and then move on to pro. I reckon there's some fairly good up-and-comers in Australia, and I'll name two of them, Jonathan Mikulif and Harry Webb, uh, that hold helped demolition titles. Luke Daly also helped them. Troy Fumo also helped them. So if you go through all the pros coming through from Victoria, most of them held a demolition belt. So that doesn't mean I, I helped in any way, but I actually like the progression. You have three or four fights. You have uh, a... You know, a demolition belt, and then you go on to pro. And guess what? If they don't turn pro, but they've got a shiny belt in their lounge room, is there's nothing wrong with that? Well, I mean, I, I would take that one step further and say that you you have actually helped with those careers because you've helped them sort of learn in their development. And I I think the Harry Webb. I mean, it doesn't help that like the man's a gift from God, but like the the evolution that he's Can you had. Please not say that he's he's he'll be watching this. And shout out to Harry, your head's big enough, but we don't yeah. need Mitch pumping your tires up anymore. Mate, I, I thought he, I was like, surely he doesn't have it all. But then I saw he had to weigh in with a towel once and I was like, damn it, he does. <laughs> <laughs> but look, he's, he's done the absolute evolution of like, that you can plan out your pro career through the amateurs. And I think it has made, you mentioned John O'Mikolev as well. Like it, it's done a, a great job. And I think it's actually elevated amateurs to i mean who do we send to the olympics for boxing amateurs and i, I think yeah, amateur yeah. mma can can head to that point it's not it five years ago it looked like the brendan favola tony the tradie fight like that's what amateur mma looked like but now the show you're putting on man those guys are uh are fighting like pros yeah, if you watch the last card uh you, you get through you know up to and i'll name it uh, Sam Matheson's fight versus Orson McComish. Oh. Watch that fight and tell me that doesn't look like a pro fight. And that was Sam Matheson's debut. And the reason that we put Sam Matheson up against a two-and-one purple belt and yeah. he's a debut white belt, when people ask me why we did that fight, you want to know why we did that fight? Because if Sam Matheson's training it in for that MMA, I had every confidence that that fight was going to be a cracker. And I actually jumped on commentary. Don't listen to it because as a promoter, yeah, I'm a lot better promoter than I am commentator. <laughs> uh, but that that that's why we did it. So 
I mean, I did I did see that fight. I mean, Demonstration Fight Series uh, 12, check it out. It is great. Like you said, from start to finish, it's very impressive. And you mentioned the Sam Matheson fight. I mean, he took on, was is McCormish, uh, was he on four days notice? And is he 18 years old? Seven days notice was in the training camp. I reached out to Renato from MMAFFT and he said, hey, I've got someone for you. Always game. They're always training. He's got a a huge team. So shout out to that team for filling it. Uh, I went to Infinite and said, hey, the only one that's really going to take this is a two-in-one purple belt. Uh, and <laughs> they come back with, yeah, we'll do it. And I was like, okay. And uh, if you if you watch the fight early, uh, he went through uh, some battles early uh, and then come back and got the TKO early in the third. Yeah, it, it was it was really high caliber. And when you say it's an amateur show or, or a pro-am show or a pro show, I think some people, maybe outside the sport, maybe inside the sport, think, hey, no, you shouldn't have titles or you shouldn't charge X amount or it shouldn't be this or it shouldn't be that. But when you actually just take the fights for what they are, you do get lost in going, no, this is just, these are like two very skilled fighters. Like you said, purple belts. Uh, I think, was it Storis that was... um. Uh, had like five kickboxing fights and all that sort yeah, of so stuff. So Daniel Storis out of Primal, uh, he's training with the Fisher brothers. So once again, uh, high caliber gym. Uh, it was his debut. He was five and zero, and he took on you know someone that is just as good. That was a great fight to watch as well. Uh, James Filipovic out of Adrenaline. So we gave him a really tough fighter. Watch that one too, and you, you go through the whole card. And I'm not going to name every fight. Uh, but it, from the start to finish, what Josh Warner does with the matchmaking, I like to look at, yes, it's a pro-am show, but it's ran professionally. And whether or not people want to worry about amateur belts and things like that, I don't get caught up into it because I'm the one paying for them. Um, it's funny. Everyone says they don't care about an amateur belt until I wrap it around them. Well, I, I mean, and like we said, the, the guys that are, you know, you look at a Mikalev, you look at a web, you're going to look back and you go, how did you become that? Because you have to study the history, right? And they're going to realize like, oh, if you treat your amateur career, you know, you dress for the job you want, not the one you have. And if you treat your amateur career like a professional career, I think that's where you start to see stuff like that. I mean, even uh, there's some of the fights, I think it was Owen Coughlin, like was he not an Olympian or a Commonwealth Games? He was like, he's of that level in terms of judo, isn't he? Yep. So he was two and two, and on paper you look at it and go, okay, two and two middleweight, 31, amateur. Yeah, it took a late notice, two weeks, uh, and he's he was actually sick a couple of days before that. So that performance was outstanding. So shout out to Resilience for taking that fight. Now, he's three and two, and he's only fought the very best. Like, he lost to Alfred Stoddart. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. <laughs> both... We've we've both got a good relationship with Alfred because <laughs> he both is sliding into our DMs regularly. Um, so shout out to Alfred; he'll watch this. But um, Owen lost to to Alfred, so he's only lost to the best middleweights. Owen could turn pro tomorrow. Yeah, Jet Fisher could turn pro tomorrow. Jacob Lepage wasn't on this card, but he's only fought at demolition. He's got a belt. He's ready to turn pro. Dylan Lahare fought everywhere. Yeah, has fought for me twice, and I've given him two belts. I've just named five or six of the best fighters coming through that started or has fought on demolition. Now I can't take credit. There's other promotions out there doing exactly the same thing that I am, 
So I'd really like to take that stigma off amateur or pro-am and just look at it for what it is. Because you know what? You go out and it is just, it can be some promotions, just as good as any other promotion in Australia. I like to sum it up to people almost like it's college basketball. Like it is, it's, it's in a way, sometimes a different sport, but it, because you know, you got your three threes and you have to uh, go at it a different way, but we are built, you're building superstars and not just you, but amateur fights in, in general, but you can't be too humble, man. You're, you're leading the way like you and as shout out to, I mean, you mentioned X, XFC, they're doing a great job as well, but I, I truly do think, and I'm not just saying this because uh, I like to classify you as a friend of mine, but like, I think you are the best at creating amateurs in this country. I like to support the gyms. So all I'm doing is giving them a platform. You know, I'd hate to take the shine off a, a John Campbell or, you know, a Sammy Haywood. They're doing the hard work. I'm putting on four events a year and I keep it simple. A great mentor of mine, Brian Ebersole, back in the day once said, put a cage in a room and everything else is fluff, way. What we try to do is make sure that fluff around it is second to none. And that's, you know, having upstairs where we're feeding everyone. I'd like to say our, our back of house is, I think, you know, up there with anyone. I think my wife does an amazing job. I have to say that because I'm going home tomorrow <laughs> and uh, she might, you know, stab me if she watches this. So. Uh, and you, you make it almost like a family affair as well. Is there, what's the sort of narrative or, or the reasoning as to why, I mean, you've got your two daughters there, your wife, everyone. It's literally like a, a family a, a affair when it comes to putting on this event. Why is that? Uh, because everyone there isn't just there to help. They're invested in the show. I've got two of my best mates do the walkout. Um, everyone that's involved at, at um, Demolition is either a mate, a family. That's, it, it, it's all family and friends. Pretty much camera people to people on the door um, to, you know, Chris Radville, who's a registered trainer that, you know, we've, we've brought in. We're all friends. So... They've all got my back. And, and I'd like to think anyone that fights on demolition feels the difference that people are there just to support myself and Lisa. Yeah. And like I've been to a lot of shows and how you treat the fighters out the back, the big bowl of lollies, like even just little dumb things like that actually go a long way. And uh, look, if anyone hasn't been to a demolition show, I would say it is one thing that you absolutely have to do. But I wanted to move on to the, the business side of it, the two professional fights you had. Actually, no, before I go, there's two little shout-outs I also wanted to go. I wanted to get your thoughts on, um, we'll mention some of the other guys and, and, and do check this card out, Demolition Fight Series, uh, to see this. But your thoughts on Anthony Pascalis's, uh power guillotine uh, the uh, and also the Alan Ewan uh, split decision victory. So we'll start with the, um, he was yelling Percy, Percy, because uh, Percy from MMAFFT did exact same one, but I'll take you back to Demolition Fight Series 2. And Luke Daly landed that on an adrenaline fighter. So it's been around for a while. <laughs> Sorry, Renato, you can call it Percy, but uh, that's been around a while. That was, if you actually watch some of the YouTube um 
and what Renato did. They practiced that in the cage an hour, an hour before the show. So, um, yeah, look, Terence didn't fight the hands, wrapped it up, and, yeah, it was it was over pretty quickly. So shout out to Terence who had his 10th amateur fight, uh, but Anthony Pascalis, that was elite. I'll move on to the flyweight. Um, and I've said this before, they're two of the best flyweights in Australia, and that's Rory Daff versus Alan Nguyen. Uh, and I believe that they'll fight again, not straight away, but probably in the pros. Um, there is also somebody waiting for Alan Nguyen that's uh, been calling uh, for that title shot. I won't actually name him, uh, oh. but he may be down from bantamweight. <laughs> and he, I believe uh, Alan Nguyen training out of combat one, they are just... Leaps and bounds, man. Uh, never again will I doubt Jono Mikalev. Uh, <laughs> you did do that. I, I will. I will. From somebody that hasn't done media for about five years, I did watch a little bit of that narrative. <laughs> and knowing Jono and Sam and everyone well, I'm thinking, you know, and Joey Luciano is an absolute beast. Uh, but that fight was always closer than some people in the media thought it was going to be. I'll tell you what, I'm falling in love with the with the narrative of Australian MMA, but it's becoming a little more powerful than I thought. Like often I'll say one thing that like I see and everyone else runs with it. And I'm starting to realize I'm like, oh man, I'm like in a way, like if Channel 9 says something dumb, the guy at work says it to you the next day. And I'm like, oh shit. Like I have to be a little bit more like, articulate because even that it's not that Jono wasn't you know ready uh that he couldn't win that fight it was the whole like oh was he ready to be next in line yada yada but I love that Jono held on to that for the whole time and then when we finally got to do the interview which let me tell you what standing in a change room with about five people uh one of them is myself uh the rest is Jono Mikalev's team and I'm standing there with my microphone in hand ready to try and get an interview was one of the most intimidating things ever. But like credit to both Sammy Hayward, his coach, and John O'Mikalef. They were like, of course, mate, let's chat. Uh John John Owen Sam are a gentleman, mate. So you you're more than safe in there. But uh, you put your neck out. And you know what? That that's that's pretty much why you're doing so well, is because you are <laughs> saying what a lot of people won't say. But uh yeah. It's uh, look being in the media for a little while. Uh, it, it, it's a it's a loveless position sometimes, so I don't envy you. Uh, but uh, look, you did it, and uh, you were out there. Why did you step back from from the Australian media a little bit? I was flying, covering everybody else, um, spending time away from my family, and it was actually my wife. I woke up Christmas morning, twenty eighteen, and she'd actually registered uh, the business name Demolition Fight Series. So. It's actually my wife that pushed me to do it. She said, uh, you've probably got a bigger calling than doing media. I think that was her way of saying you shit. Uh, And you're probably a better organizer. Um, So that's pretty much where it was born. So if anyone wants to, where did demolition come from? Yes, it was my idea. Yes, I love the name. Uh, But I woke up Christmas morning and she'd had a t-shirt made up. And I thought, what's this? And open the box and there was a registered business name and things like that. So um, she's a massive part of the business. So. Jeez, behind every great man. Now, your two pro fights, uh, yes. Pat Hill, Mal McDowell, uh, and then, of course, uh, Val Sharapov. Yep. Just 
we'll finish on Sharapov, but so I want to go through the other the other fight first, um, because that I think that kid's going to be special. But the Pat Hill Mal McDowell fight, were you surprised with how that went? I wouldn't say surprised. I always knew Pat Hill had that ability if he could take Mal down. Um, Mal had worked on. Um, his defensive grappling uh, from what I could see. And it also, he's always been a great grappler and his hands had caught up. So I just, I looked at Mal and thought if Mal can keep it standing, I, I thought that uh, he could win that way. If he, if he had a path to victory, it was definitely by um, creating some space and let, letting his hands go. And I think that was the big differentiator between him and him and Pat. Uh, but Pat was always had the better grappling and and training under Duke Didier, you knew that that was his path to victory. So Mel made a mistake. I, I thought he looked good early. His hands looked really good, landed a clean elbow. Um, but once Pat got on top, um, Mel made a mistake and went went for a triangle and that opened it up and and, and Pat was slick and, and finished him um yeah in the first. But Were again, you... a great fight. Mal, 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 Mal will be better for that. Yeah. You know, we had a great amateur career, seven and two, won a couple of those amateur belts <laughs> that everyone talks about. Um, went pro. There you go. Pat Hill um, hadn't fought for us, but I've got a great relationship with Duke Didier. So we've been trying to get Pat on for a little while. Um, so it was great to have uh, his, both of their pro day. But we're pretty proud of that fight. And uh, were you aware that Pat Hill fell off a roof? Um, in the cage I was when Duke Didier <laughs> told me, and I said, I'm glad you didn't tell me because you invested. Don't, don't worry about, you know what? We can all make more money. It is what yeah. it is. But the time that we put into these shows to have, you know, fights fall over. <laughs> and, and, and as you know, the amount of people pulling out of fights at the moment, it's hard. And I feel, I do feel for everybody because mm. we put so much effort into it. So much time. Uh, blood, sweat, and tears, and then it's not their fault because they have to work so hard. The human body sometimes things happen, um, and collisions happen. But uh, him falling off a roof wasn't ideal, and I'm glad he didn't tell me. <laughs> Look, I, I just think that that that's what makes uh, uh, Andy Carpenter, who you, your MC, who's, I mean, in himself, he's got a, a great career of chasing down pedos as a lawyer, which I think is amazing. But him as your MC. Like that's what makes the the demo show so great is all the little characters in between. And when Andy Carpenter mentioned that uh, Pat Hill fell off a roof a couple of days before, I mean that's a that's just a great narrative of a guy picking up a victory. Yeah, shout out to Andy, um, not just an MC but a, a dear friend of mine, a lot of help, um, and he is the most hated uh, person <laughs> by all the pedophiles in Australia. Which I don't know if he'd love that catchphrase, but. Um, Andy does a lot of work for us behind the scenes as well. And, and again, you know, you said it's a family show or, or it's friends. Andy, I count as um, a really good friend of mine. So. And the final fight of the night, uh, Darcy Bauhaus versus uh, Val Sharapov. Uh, Sharapov is, he's going to be special. Yep. He's, uh, he had a couple of amateur fights uh, on demolition and then obviously uh, went out and went to all, a, a lot of different um, promotions, but uh, always wanted to get him back. He was 2-0. Uh, Darcy Bellhouse is a lot heavier than Val. Val is a featherweight. Stepped up to lightweight to face Darcy. Darcy was 1-3, and three, and people look at that and think, oh, okay, but you got to remember his first two fights were before COVID, and he was only a kid. 
So I really looked at him and thought, okay, he's probably won one and he just lost to Luke Daly, who is a fantastic fighter. So on paper, a lot of people thought this was a lot wider than what I believed. And if you watch the first minute, Darcy is doing really, really well. And Val has to, you know, calm himself, get out of a submission himself, uh, and then does what he needed to do. But I don't think um, a lot of people expected Darcy to come out and take his back like that. And uh, in terms of the future shows, I mean, what is the goal still? I mean, do you want to have, you know, 10 pro fights or is it, it? do you want to stick to this sort of template that you've got going? I'd like to develop the amateurs. Um, I believe that there is a hole and there is a gap. Do I want to do all pro? No. Could I? Um, yeah, I've said this in a previous interview. If I wanted to go full pro, I could, uh, but I don't want to. You know, I've got a career outside of my hobby of uh, mm. promoting MMA, and that's probably what makes me different to a lot of people is I truly do this not for anything else than I love the sport. It is a hobby. It's not about money, and a lot of promoters will say that, but I think I've lived it over the first 12 shows. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'd, I'd like to do two or three pro fights and then 10 or 11 amateurs and do exactly what I'm doing. Because what I want to do is look back in, in 10 years' time and, and look back on on Demolition 11 and Demolition 10 and, and see Jacob Lepage, you know, his first, you know, six fights were with us and now he's gone pro and he's an Australian champion or he's overseas. I think the Demolition, if you go back on Tapology and have a look at the fighters' early days, what they're doing now, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to be able to look back look at some of these cards and go, gee, that age well. And if you look back at, you know, uh, Demolition 7 and you've got Abdallah Biata, who everyone forgets, yeah. Abdallah's my feather and lightweight yeah. pro champion. A lot of people forget that. Mm. So everyone thinks, oh, yeah, it's only an amateur show. When I want to do a pro fight, I will. And if I wanted to do more pro, um, I could, but it's just not something that... I believe Australian MMA needs. We've got pro shows. We've got everything. I think there's a gap with Pro-Am, and I think my little niche at Club Italia, the loudest venue in Australia, it feels like, when you're in there, um, it, it suits my family. Um, and then before I let you go, I would have to stir the pot just a little bit. Why are you going head-to-head -head with Hex in March? Um, <laughs> that wasn't deliberate. I only found out probably the week before this show. Um, so I booked that date, uh, last year. Yeah. Uh, hang on. My internet is. Disabled. Oh, is yeah. it? Oh, is it? Is it now? <laughs> no, no, it just went unstable. Yeah. Go for it. Ask again. Cause I will answer it. Cause I, I think people need to know. Uh, why are you going head to head with Hex having the same date in March next year? I only found that out, um, last week. So that was, uh, just before my fight and someone, one of the gyms said, hey, do you know your date uh, in March is uh, the same date as Hex? And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I booked it a, a very long time ago and I book my venue a year out, uh, obviously with all my other commitments, working full-time, my wife working full-time, dealing with that venue. We have to be really organised. So I've actually got my four dates planned and locked in 12 months ahead. I could give you my schedule right now and tell you exactly what it is. Um, do I think it's going to matter? I don't think so. We've got different, um, they're doing all pro, we're doing amateur and pro. Do I think it'll affect us? Not really. Um, we've always done Saturday nights and look, all power to them. If they want to do it on a Saturday night, March 2nd, doesn't matter to me.
is there any chance of any of you guys have you communicated on like if any of the dates can be moved forward or back? Well, no, I haven't. I haven't uh, communicated with Hex. I'm doing what I'm doing. They can do what they do. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't actually watch what other people are doing and looking at dates and things like that. Obviously, I'm interested in watching you know fights and things like that. But what they're doing uh, with their dates and things like that, I lock mine in and. I don't think I'm going to reach out to people and say, hey, movie date. I don't think, you know, Demolition Fight Series can, can ask other people to move their date, and I wouldn't expect anybody else to ask me to move mine. But it is what it is, and I can't move my date. So, you know what? People can go go early to then and come and catch my fights. And you know what? Um, there's enough MMA fans in Australia, uh, in Victoria. I'm sure both of us will sell out. Yeah, I think it'll be a great, great weekend. I'll be at Hex. I'll send Joel to you from Fight News. Well, he did have a demolition <laughs> fight series. Let's put, stir that. Well, that's what I love. I actually, my favorite, it was like the unofficial fight weekend. For people that don't know, the Hex was always on the Friday and demolition was on the Saturday. And it was the best like fight weekend for me to come on over. Yeah. Yeah, well, it used to be Friday and Saturday. I didn't move my day. <laughs> now mate uh before before i do let you go uh i want to kind of ask you a, a question for, for for two entities after it's all said and done how does wayne carl want to be remembered in mixed martial arts and how does demolition fight series want to be remembered i actually don't care how i'm remembered it's not about me and i'm being honest about that i want them to remember demolition fight series as people that created a space for amateurs to make their debut decide whether they're going to go pro. That's what I want to be remembered. I actually don't like that whole, what I want to be remembered. I'd actually don't care if people don't even know my name. I'd rather uh, walk down the street and see someone in a demolition fight series top say hello. And they don't even know who I am. That means I'm doing my job. So right here, the demolition fight series uh, shirt. It's a little bit too small. Cause I'm a little bit too, too big. Um, well, <laughs> Well, fly past. If you're going to Hex on that night, if they finish early, maybe you could zoom past and catch my uh, main event and I'll charge you 35 bucks for another one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to wear it and walk in like I'm staff. Uh, <laughs> in saying that, I'll charge everyone else 20 and I'd probably <laughs> give Joel from Fight News Australia one. Yeah. Well, he will. He's actually doing really well. I'm actually a big fan. I'm actually, I've given him a lot of shit. Seeing him and the amount of bullying I've done for him over the last couple of uh, months has, uh, it, I've, I've encouraged him. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, mate, thank you so much for the time. Um, I really appreciate it and all your help and, of course, everything you've done for Australian MMA so far. This will be the first chat of many. Uh, but thank you so much, and uh, I'll see you next time. See you, mate. Thank you.